drugs are useful for their purpose, but they are no substitute for brains. Uh, all right, here we go. I have to say, well done, great, well done. <laughs> well played, my adversary. Well played. <laughs> Phoenix is a gay, but if he was, he'd pick Fremo. Oh yeah, he'd be living down there with you in the bunker, man. Woo! Once you go free, you always do the Z. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'm not going to Duncan, and you could get a controller, a new Xbox, possibly even a cord. <laughs> and now the group that can't count its nuts and come up with the same number twice. Oh, at this point today, I don't even know. I'm pretty confident that's true. Welcome to BGFG episode 348. I am your host, Chris Phoenix, and I have a large announcement, and I'll start right off with it. Uh, Fremo Z will be back in a week or two. <laughs> it's, it's Let's say two weeks, but we're shooting for a week, and it's going to be epic. I mean, we have a lot of things in the pipeline <laughs> for, for his return. It's going to be pretty fun. It really is. Uh, this week has been, I, I didn't do a show last week, it was my birthday, and I just flat out decided not to. Just enjoyed my family, my family came over, all my kids, it was good. But I wanted to get one out this week before the possible return of Fremo this weekend, and or the following week. I wanted to get one out at least, because I had, had already wrote most of it up. So what you're going to see this week is, is kind of something a little wild. That Fremo and I on the phone were discussing, and Fremo freestyles everything. Fremo doesn't plan anything out, ever. I mean, he'll be reading the, the shit while I'm introducing it. I plan out everything and write notes and all sorts of shit. So he dared me to do the second half freestyle. So I'm going to do the second half freestyle, and it should be an absolute shit show. Uh, again, it's a Fremo dare. So I have a bottle of Modelo, which I think is an excellent beer. Very strong. I have uh, a, a shot or two of whiskey and uh, other smokable things. <laughs> so we're going to see how the second half goes. It should be entertaining at the very least. But the first half, as always, is nothing but business. So let's get into it because I swear to God, everybody's getting stupid nowadays. BGFG News. You heard it here third. So first up in the news, uh, I don't even know what to say. It's it's a news flash apparently, uh, according to uh, MIT. Uh, automated drivers are unattentive. You don't you don't say, unattentive, huh? Yeah, that 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 shit's gonna happen. You know why? Because. Uh, they're not driving. That's going to happen. So Tesla owners will be testing out a full uh, full self-driving feature, which is funny because you pay like, I think, five or six grand for it when you first bought the car. But I don't know what's worse. The fact that self-driving is not autonomous, and people don't seem to realize that. It's not autonomous. It's actually advanced driver assist system. Say that five times fast. Advanced driver assist system. Uh, but it was released to the public, and it's in beta. This is this is so unbelievably stupid. So you're gonna have people that bought, like you have Tom and Jane, that pretentious couple down the street, uh, that's gonna be testing out this shit. It's it's unbelievable. Or or maybe you're gonna have the aging boomer that traded his BMW in for or Volvo for an answer to global warming. These are the people that are going to be doing this. MIT just did a study that showed that, guess what? When people are, aren't paying attention, uh, or, or uh, people aren't paying attention when they turn the autonomous thing on. It's not even autonomous. I don't know why I keep saying that. It's not even autonomous. They're turning this shit on and beta testing it. And it's pretty, pretty scary. I, I see a Tesla on the road. When I read this story, I see a Tesla on the road. I actually move because I don't want to be in front of them. I don't want to be behind them. I don't want to be anywhere near them, actually, because these are the morons that thought they're going to fix global warming by buying one of these cars, and now they're going to be completely autonomous if they paid for it. And that's 
That's scary. <laughs> and the fact that there's research showing that people aren't paying attention, you're right. Because I'm waiting for the autonomous vehicles that are so good that I can take a nap on the way to work in my hour and a half drive. I'm going to take a nap. It's going to make me feel a lot better. But you can't do that yet, and especially not with this. But don't worry. Uh, Elon assured everybody that the FSD or the, you know, what the hell is it called? I already forgot. The advanced, uh, the full self-driving, which is just an advanced driving assist, might have been paid for, but you can't use it until you pass personal driving records, uh, metrics, whatever the hell that is. So what's the driving metric? I mean, if you have, if you have a car that has, for instance, uh, I have a backup sensor. My 2007 vehicle has a backup sensor. When I'm backing up to a parking spot at work, it goes off. Why? Because I'm close to the wall. That's going to affect this driving metric. So if you're a, a posh person that bought a Tesla that has a gigantic driveway and doesn't ever... I know people that back out of the driveway and their fence triggers uh, the alert system. You're probably not going to get autonomous driving. Not that you're not a good driver, but that's kind of shitty. I just... I, I just... I don't agree with it. And uh, again, I have to apologize. It's a little hot up here in the Northeast. So I have the fans on in the studio today because it's it's sweltering hot up here. But uh, I just think that this whole autonomous driving right now is just a bad idea. Let me give you another bad idea. If you're a major company running a business that's been scrutinized and dragged through the media and national news on shows like 2020 for the past year, would you be a little cautious with what you do and said about business? Yeah, me too. Not Facebook. Not at all. Not even a little. Even after a major problem with a whistleblower, which we'll get to in a little bit, evidence has been found that Facebook is adding changes to their code. I can't believe this. It would stop automated data collection in this code. What that means, it, it sounds great, right? We're going to stop automated data collection. This is actually a problem because it's not your news feed and personal info that you think. Nope. It's going to block researchers and journalists that report this sort of behavior, that report the behavior of Facebook. It's going to basically block them. It's so broken that even uh, it's affecting the visually impaired users which have been using, which have been having issues in the past going on Facebook. Now it's even going to affect them. This is just... Facebook, their stupidity gets even better, okay? Remember Facebook's smart glasses? Okay. Yeah, no one else does either. But they're still going to sell them. So, and you know how? Uh, by not letting you know they're on. Now, follow me on this. Privacy groups all around Europe, not here, of course, because, you know, they're paid and bought for, are concerned. See, the camera glasses made by Facebook are similar to the ones on Snapchat years ago. So Snapchat had these big round ones. And I knew pictures today because, again, it, it was late. I was talking to Fremo. Uh, the uh, glasses from Snapchat were like these round glasses and they had uh, at the edges, they had, you could s clearly see it was a camera. Except in Facebook's Infinite, Infinite Wisdom, they partnered with Ray-Ban and nowhere on these glasses does it identify Facebook product at all, anywhere. It looks like normal glasses that says uh, uh, Ray-Ban on the side. But the real problem is that in order to record, it records, you don't even know it. It has a tiny red light, which is easily blocked or anything else. You don't even know if you're being recorded. This is a huge problem. Gigantic. The argument's the same could be said about cell phones. But at least when you have a cell phone up in the air, you know somebody's recording you. Even if somebody's like reading their Facebook and they position it up higher, you immediately go, you recorded me? Everybody does it. And this isn't going to allow you to do that. You're going to be wearing glasses like I'm wearing right now, and there's going to be a dot in the center that I can easily cover with a little piece of tape. And you're never going to know that you're being recorded. That's some bullshit. So... Listen, dumbass. It's going to be real easy to identify the sicko in the bedroom, <laughs> in the bathroom, uh, recording with their phone raised up as opposed to somebody wearing glasses that you're never even going to know. They're going to look over at you, look down, look up at you again, and bam, you're on Facebook. And after all of this, here comes a nail in the coffin for Facebook. Whistleblower came out recently uh, saying that Facebook is misleading the public. 
<laughs> shock and awe there, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so her name is Frances Haugen. Uh, she did her media tour before congressional hearing. So she actually went on 2020. She has evidence that she had to sneak out of Facebook. Frances Haugen says that while she was at Facebook, she saw constant conflicts of interest. And that Facebook's own research showed that they amplify hate, misinformation, and political unrest. Just like Fremo and I have been telling you guys for years. This is what they do. Facebook had a choice. Make money or do the right thing in all of these documents. And guess which one they chose? Yeah, they chose the money. Facebook chose the money. Go figure. But this lady isn't a joke. This isn't just some random call center person. Uh, she's a data scientist with a degree in computer engineering and a master's from Harvard in business. She's been doing this for 15 years. She worked at Google. She worked at Pinterest. And they didn't even flinch uh, when Facebook was being used by uh, Myanmar to launch a genocide. I mean, come on, people. And I'm not even going to start on the issues that were uncovered on how Instagram is harming young men and women on that platform alone. This shit's legit, people. Look it up. Do the research. We tell you on BGFG all the time. Do the research. See if I'm lying. Because I'm not. Uh, it's not. You can sit there and say all day that it's not happening. You know, I love Facebook. That's how I connect with my friends. But Facebook's own data research shows that young women on Instagram consume the data, consume uh, data of an eating disorder, say, which is information, uh, misinformation most of the time. They get more and more depressed. 13% of teen girls say that Instagram makes thoughts of suicide worse, and 70% make eating disorders worse. This is Facebook's own research, people. Facebook's research, and they chose to ignore it. And just last week, they postponed plans after the whistleblower came out for an Instagram for younger people. Remember what we taught you about their EULA? Once you click on that EULA and you accept it, you give up all of your rights for all your information you're about to put on that platform. This is legit. I mean, it's just a scary thought. If you have friends, family on Facebook, try to get them to go, to leave. Um, I can tell you from working in the computer industry, I, I, honestly, I'd say 70 to 80% of malware and bullshit that I deal with on a daily comes from Facebook. And as soon as we clear it and clean out the computer and explain to them that this most likely came from Facebook, from the little stupid games you're playing and shit you're clicking on, they still immediately, I cannot tell you, I'd say one in three, immediately tell me to reconnect Facebook. Put Facebook on my desktop, and I'm sure the other two out of the three are going home and just installing it anyway. I, I really don't think... Uh, it's just it's just a cesspool, and people need to stop and look at Facebook for what it is. Like I said before, one day, Fremont and I are going to do an entire show just on Facebook and expose everything that I've compiled over the years that people have simply forgot about, things behind the scene, congressional hearings that they attended or didn't attend. It, it's just scary. But that's, you know what? That's enough about Facebook's bullshit today. There's so much more they've been doing if you look hard enough. Just take a look but they're not the only ones doing stupid things look at amazon right uh their new astro holy crap that is a massive spider i need to snuff that out that is huge so excuse me people i gotta get rid of that oh that's gross oh that did not go well <laughs> oh oh that was like a wolf spider. That was big. That yeah, made me a little nervous. That's the shit that you see and you're like, oh, I'll just let it live. Then you wake up in the middle of the night and it's crawling across your fucking face. No thank you. Anyway, so more of stupid shit. Check this out. Look at Amazon. They have a new Astro robot that's coming out, right? You might have seen it. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> People looked at it and saw it and went like, oh, my God, this is the future. There's been a couple of them. We've talked about them on the show before, but this is from Amazon. It's going to be better. I heard this at work. It's going to be better. It's going to be great. I can't wait. The robot relies heavily on facial recognition, and I do mean heavily. Developers have left uh, that particular division because of the amount of data that it pulls. 
remember, this thing is only like a foot tall, okay? And the head or the top part telescopes up. And all they've had is nothing but problems with the telescope part breaking off or it going over by, let's say, a uh, kitchen counter or a table or an island in the middle of your kitchen. And it just simply snaps right the fuck off. So uh, even the developers have come out, the developers that used to be on the program said that it literally will break about 50% of the time if you go anywhere near it. It's the worst thing for accessibility of all time. If it doesn't know you, then it'll just follow you around your house. So if you have somebody over, like you have a friend over, it will literally follow that friend around the house to make sure it's not doing anything bad. It's got a sentry mode, so it just follows that person around. This thing's going to be $1,000. And the developers that have worked on it said that it's an absolute shit show disaster. And they've gone as far as saying that most certainly committed, it'll most certainly commit suicide down any stairs that you have. Because it just doesn't know any difference. This is an underdeveloped thing that Amazon's trying to throw out there to make a little bit more cash. And I think it's absolute bullshit. It really is. Uh, there's been a lot of them. I, man, some of the names escape me right now. Uh, if you look up autonomous robots, I mean, outside of the Boston Dynamics, which Fremo and I love. Because the Boston Dynamics robots will scare the shit out of you. They're great for what they do. And they've, they've really pushed uh, the envelope for autonomous robots. But, like, the dog, they've now sold the dog to, like, municipalities, police departments, all sorts of places. And that thing can be fucking scary. Somebody's going to strap a gun to it, and it's, it's, like, over. We've said that before. But it's just, it's a scary time. And I want everybody that watches the show, uh, all the sheeple, all the BGFG listeners, I want you guys to remember to just smarten up the sheeple, you know, smarten them up a little bit. But don't buy into this shit real quick. I mean, I'm huge on technology. Fremo's a little bit a little bit laid back more than I am, but I am just, I'll buy almost anything that comes out that's brand new because I love technology. But this is not one of those things you want to jump into. It's just not at all. It, it's a scary thought. All right, it's it, it was a short news week because, again, I'm just excited to have Fremo back. But uh, that's it for the news this week. I know it wasn't even very long. But it's just, the stupidity is just, I, I can't even. <laughs> I hate to sound like a 20-year-old like a girl, but I mean, I can't even. It's just the stupidity of people trying to do the stuff in Facebook and autonomous robots and shit like that. It's just crazy. Almost as stupid as what I'm going to do on the second half of the show and do all freestyle, which I haven't done in probably about a decade on the show. So enjoy the scary-ass part of it. For those that are listening to the podcast, you're about to hear a great song. Those on YouTube, I apologize. I can't do that. Uh, but those that are listening on the podcast, this song is a is a unique song. I didn't do much research on it because it's kind of a couple of DJs. But I thought it was, it was unique and pretty cool because of our age group at BGFG, you know, Generation X. And it just, it just makes us laugh. Uh, it's Half Orange and Asphyxia are the two people or two groups, or however you want to do it, Half Orange and Asphyxia. Um, the name of the song is Time Travel Kool-Aid, and I just thought I just thought it was funny. I, I think it's a good song. So on the other half of that, we're going to get into some stick style, where we talk about Corsair's new product, and some Xbox 20th anniversary gear, and I do two reviews, more or less, of games that are out. <laughs> Wait till you hear those. And then I'll wrap it up with uh, with a little vibing over on For What It's Worth. So I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll catch you on the other side for some stick style. I've been drinking Kool-Aid cameras like I did when I was nine. Because I like to pretend that I haven't lost a tie. Although it tastes fine I can only drink a couple Cause it feels like a lie We play Halo And we lay low In our basement Until the sun began to rise We would go to school But not learn too much Cause it's hard to read When you've got tired eyes Months go by The time it flies Past the days that we drink Kool-Aid in the summertime Years go by the time it flies Past the days that we drink 
took me for some time And it's nice to know that they stood by my side Friends are like stars Cause no matter how far When it's dark outside They will be your light Basement until the sun began to rise We would go to school but not learn too much Cause it's hard to read when you've got tired eyes Months go by, the time it flies Past the days that we drink cool in the summertime Years go by, the time it flies Past the days that we drink cool in the summertime was half orange and asphyxia oh that was a very interesting break <clears throat> so let's get into this week's stick style with the worst intro ever mm, first up in this week's gaming segment stick style uh, don't forget, you can catch us on Stick Style Online. Uh, we're on Twitch. We're on YouTube. You can catch us there. You can join us for any sort of gaming that you see with us. Just add us to PlayStation. Add us to Xbox. Uh, we're not hard to find. So, first thing in Stick Style, as I have expressed more than once on this show, is that I truly love... I'm a brand guy, and Fremo busts my balls about this all the time because, and I'll tell you why, because back in the day, Fremo and I both were brand guys for Sony. We had everything, both of us. Um, I had the desktop controller um, uh, or, or wireless controller, which was second. It kind of looked like a Stream Deck, but it was Sony branded. I had Sony, excuse me, I had Sony Super VHS VCR, I had Sony... Uh, uh, DVD player, the top of the line. I had a full rack system. Uh, I did buy Infinity speakers, not Sony speakers. Sony TVs. I had the XBR2. I mean, we both went all out. And then Sony just kind of completely screwed the pooch. And we were both like, fuck them. We, we just left the branding idea. I jumped back into it when I started getting more into computers and building my computers because I truly feel... That when you're building a computer or or anything like that, I think it's really good to stay with a brand because everything's going to work. They've tested it. And I said this a hundred times if I said it once on this show over the past 10 years. The example I give is I'm a Mac person. Fremo busts my balls about it all the time, but the production computer that we do editing on, for the most part, is a Mac. And back in the day when Bluetooth first came out, everybody was talking about how you can connect this and you can connect that. So I kind of did some research, some Scooby-Dooing, and I found out that the developers that were working at Apple on the Bluetooth devices all used Sony Ericsson phones because Steve Jobs or somebody had to deal with them. So I bought a Sony Ericsson phone, and guess what? As soon as I unlocked it from the carrier and loaded the, the regular firmware and operating system onto that phone, it was like night and day. I mean, you're talking from a phone that barely did like voice and text and some little uh, web mail, uh, not web mail, uh, uh, mobile websites to a phone that literally could do anything from navigation. It was just, it was awesome once you once you fixed the firmware. So I did that. And once I did that, I had so, I used to freak people out because I had the two candy bar phones. I had the 610 and I had uh, a smaller one, but the thumbstick that was on it, I could control any mac computer i wanted i was doing demonstrations i was doing uh powerpoints oh, keynotes uh for my job and i was using that as the controller and people were amazed at it 
And that's because that was a brand loyalty thing. If you use the product that's being developed, it'll just work better. That's just the way the shit goes. So when I was building a computer, I decided to go with Corsair. And in turn, Corsair purchased Elgato, purchased Origin Gaming PCs. Uh, so I use a lot of their products. In fact, I use everything, literally, that they have. The lights on the side are Elgato. The camera's Elgato. The Stream Deck. The Wave XLR. The Corsair keyboard. Uh, mouse pad. Mouse. Uh, all the lights in my computer are all from Corsair. I'm a brand loyal kind of guy. And recently, Corsair introduced a new SKU or a new product line. Uh, the first one that they came out with literally was a uh, gaming monitor, finally. So this was a, a really quiet product launch, which made me surprised. They didn't really do a lot about it. Uh, this is their first gaming monitor. They're calling it the Xenon, which is kind of cool. And it's a 32-inch 1440 display. And the refresh is going to be running at 165 hertz or megahertz. Uh, it's support for AMD FreeSync as well as G-Sync. It's got dual HDMI 2.0, DisplayPort 1.4, two USB-C connections, two USB 3.1 connections, and a headphone jack. So I just spit out a lot at you. Think about this. A 32-inch monitor. Now, I went from a 49-inch ultra-wide to three 27 inches. Actually, a 24, 27, 27. Three monitor display, and I like it a lot better. Uh, not to say that... So, the 49-inch ultra-wide, and people ask me about this every once in a while, the 49-inch ultra-wide is great for gaming. Nobody's going to friggin' sneak up on you. And a lot of companies are now coming out with that option as one of the video choices for a 49-inch ultra-wide or the 34-inch ultra-wide. It is game-changing. But when you're doing production, it's okay. When you have two separate inputs, like a PlayStation or Xbox and a PC or a Mac and a PC, great, because it's got two separate inputs that you can use two 1080p screens. But for everything else, it sucked because it was huge. I had to mount it to the wall behind me because it just simply wouldn't fit on a desk. And you're, you're constantly looking to the left and right to get information. It just it wasn't great. It was good. But it wasn't great. So this one that Corsair is coming out with is a 32-inch, which is bigger than a 27. And the way I would relate to it is if you went from a 24-inch screen to a 27-inch screen, maybe 4K or a 1440, that jump that you made is going to be very similar to that. 32 inches is a big screen at 165 hertz. So even if you were to turn on the FreeSync or the G-Sync that's built into it, in your video card and everything else can handle it, you have the capability to hit 165 frames consistently, nonstop. If you have a great card, I mean, really, that's that's not too bad. And I argue with my kids about this all the time. Two of them love to argue this shit. The bottom line is this. If you're enjoying the game, enjoy the frigging game. If it's not tearing, you're never going to notice. A lot of us Gen Xers grew up on 60 hertz televisions so we're not going to get hugely excited i mean yeah those of us that have made the jump are going to get excited but for the most of the part the the people that are still using consoles the fact that xbox and playstation are going to do 120 hertz that's big that's big it's going to look great and once you go to 14 my main monitor here is 14 uh, i should say the stick style downstairs six style podcast or or show is uh uh 1440 144 and it is great, absolutely phenomenal. And the fact that they're going to do a 32-inch 1440 and it's going to be running at 165, that's going to look really, really good. The dual HDMI 2.0s, you're going to be able to have two separate inputs in there, and it's HDMI 2.0. That's kind of cool. You can hook up a PlayStation and something else. If you have a secondary monitor, you can stream on the secondary monitor and just use that primary monitor to switch the input over to PlayStation or Xbox. Choice. Uh, DisplayPoint 1.4. That's great, too. DisplayPort's better than HDMI, and you're going to get a better result from it. The fact that it has a newer 1.4 version is also really good. Two USB-C connections, great for charging devices. A lot of devices charge off of that. Uh, should charge. I, you know what? I don't even know for sure. Two USB 3.1 connections. Again, we've talked about this before. If you have USB connections, I personally don't use any on my monitors, but it's nice to have as an option. You can hook up a... Uh, um, 
a keyboard if you needed to, or maybe quick charging for something. Or if you had a light or something, you could plug it into that. I would assume should have enough power for it. I don't know. Uh, but the most important thing, I think, is that it has a headphone jack. This is great for late night streaming in your bedroom if you have a significant other and you're jumping on and he or her is laying in bed you can actually pop in the headphones you're gonna get the full experience which is really good now the problem i have with this and again corsair branding i'm not going to be buying it yet but they want 800 dollars for this uh, i don't know i can get a 27 inch 1440 165 or even 240 for probably less money than that so it's going to be a really tough call Really tough call with that, but I'm looking forward to possibly getting one to try it out. Possibly. Next up, Xbox 20th anniversary gear. If you haven't seen it yet, you're an Xbox fan, go to xbox.com, look at their merchandise, and you'll see the 20th anniversary stuff. I have 20th anniversary t shirts, sweatshirt, long sleeve shirt, uh, and now they just released a headphone and a controller. Both are translucent which I think is very cool. Uh, PlayStation did it a few years ago. Uh, but it's very cool. 60 or uh, 69 I think it's, yeah, it's $70 each. Uh, the headphones are your standard headphones that we've uh, reviewed here. Uh, they're the same thing as the wireless headphones for Xbox, but they're wired. So that's how you get that short $70 price range. And the controller, again, is wireless, but it's translucent. It looks okay. They're black and green. Uh, look them up. We have a link in the show notes. Take a look. I, I kind of like them. I, of course, order them both. So if you follow Stick Style, you'll see me do a quick show off and review on them. Next up, a couple of reviews for games. So let me get into the first game. Just, just let me get into the best one first. Hot Wheels Unleashed. If you miss Blur, get this game. This is very much like those. It's it's exactly what you think it is. It's a, a track, a matchbox track in a room. So it might be the garage, it might be the bedroom, it might be the kitchen, and they have the track laid out. So if you're just playing or you're watching somebody play, you can actually see stuff in the background like sinks, kitchen sinks in the kitchen, of course. In the garage, you'll see um, storage, you'll see jacks, you'll see the garage doors. So it's very cool like that, but it handles really well, and it's really fun to play. Everybody I've sat down in my living room and handled the controller within a lap. They understand it, they get it, and they're really having fun. Where I think this game excels is in two ways. Number one, you have the cars. They're Matchbox cars, and they're fully detailed, and they look really, really realistic. Like, really realistic. Uh, different speeds and options, and you can upgrade them slightly. But still, they look unbelievably real. Like, you want to reach out and grab them or go, yeah, I got that over there in the, in the box, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Uh, and the track editor is the other thing. The track editor, uh, they just hit it out of the park with the track editor. You can do all sorts of crazy shit, and it's going to be fun. I just it's For me, it's a five out of five stars, without a doubt. It's a fun game. You can throw it in the living room, and you can have fun with the whole family. This isn't a sit in your chair late at night, shut off the lights, or this. I don't even. I wouldn't even say it's a streaming thing. This is the go-to family game. Anybody from grandma down can absolutely play this game with very little, very little difficulty. It's brake, gas, and nitro. And as we well know, as we teach other people, we put people in front of the game, you don't really have to tell them about the nitro button until they're good enough. So it's it's definitely a family game. It's one to put in your living room. It's one to play with the whole family. It's really fun. Uh, when we have Sunday dinner, uh, last Sunday, it was the last Sunday and the Sunday before, uh, we actually did it during Sunday dinner while uh, cooking was going on. We went into the majority of us went into the living room. We were all passing controllers around playing this game. It was it was a lot of fun. It was really fun. Now I'm going to take a drink real quick because I have to actually talk about one of the worst games and biggest disappointments I've had in the past two years. Oh, that's smooth. That's not smooth. I do a quick chaser. Oh, my God. That's awful. Anyway, what I want to talk about is uh, 
maybe a year or two ago. I get all excited. I do watch. I love cars. I love cars, period. I just appreciate the shit out of them. I'm not like a, a muscle head. It's like, dude, I need a Dodge Challenger. No. I appreciate cars as a whole. I think there's cars from uh, Alfa Romeo. I think has a just the most beautiful exhaust sound I have ever heard in my life. And if you don't know, if you ever get behind a real one, Ask them to step on the gas because it sounds just gorgeous. It just great, perfect sound. Um, you know, some of the old Morgans actually have beautiful lines. Ferraris, of course. And again, oh, I got a Ferrari F. No, I'm talking about Ferrari. Like there's lines on a Ferrari that are just gorgeous. I love cars. V8s, V6s with turbos, the Nissan GTR. Um, Austin Martin did a car in the 70s to compete with the V8s in America, and they threw two superchargers on the side of the car. It's an amazing car. Look it up. It's just an amazing car. And you go, you have two blowers on this car under the hood? It's amazing. Uh, So, in turn, I started watching Street Outlaws. Enjoy it. I get it. It's not staged. It's not staged. They're racing. But they did get permits. They're not illegally racing really anymore because they're either doing no prep kings on the track or they're doing street racing where they actually have a permit and they have lights and they have ambulance. It's the whole thing. But if you watch season one, season two, that's pretty much illegal racing. Really, it's illegal racing. Testing everything. So I, my wife and I got hooked on it. And then when they announced the Street, race, uh, street Outlaws video game, I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. When you play the Street Outlaws racing game, the first one, you quickly, and I do mean quickly, within the first five, ten minutes, you realize that everybody basically got a script and they read the script. They have no emotion. It doesn't pertain. The emotion doesn't pertain to anything you're doing in the game at the time. They're just reading it. So if you want to hear Big Chief, you want to hear Murder Nova, you want to hear Doc, you want to hear any of those guys, you'll hear them. And it's very much they record it. Even the levels, the sound levels and the background noise. Like here, because I have uh, air conditioners and fans going, you hear that sound in the background. What? It doesn't sound? Okay, here's it. That's the sound you hear. Until winter hits, that's the sound you're going to hear. And everybody has a different sound. So it wasn't even recorded in a studio or, or professionally. The game itself, when you first do the drag racing, you're like, oh boy, this is pretty bad. Maybe it gets better as I tune up the car. Well... If you thought it was going to get better when you turned up the car, you were sadly, sadly mistaken. Because it's not at all. In fact, it's very difficult to control. And then, randomly, you have this stupid, like, track racing that doesn't, the cars don't handle well. Like, I don't even know what game engine they used. The graphics look there from the PlayStation 2. I mean, it just, it was awful. So then I hear. I get an alert that Street Outlaws 2 is coming out. And I'm like, well, shit. They're fixed. They've fixed everything. Just like in a lot of games where they come out with one and it's mediocre and they have a lot of issues and bugs and shit. And then they turn around and they fix it. And they come out with the second one. And the second one's better than the first one. Uh, Mass Effect 2 is kind of like that. Um Project Gotham Racing 2. Uh, there's there's a lot of, especially racing games, that the next one is better. Not in Street Outlaws. What they did was, in the second game, they didn't have everybody call in the audio. It sounds like they actually recorded the audio properly. They added a couple of people. But the driving mechanics are still absolutely friggin' horrible. Just horrible. This is not a pick-it-up-and-play. It. You have to literally... Be absolutely devoted to the Street Outlaw show to sit down and just pound this thing out for hours and hours and hours and get just the right feel and understand how to control the car. I mean, Christ, in a burnout, okay? I'm hitting the wall in a fucking burnout, and I am steering. Like, the first time, I'm like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. But I get it. It might be heating up the tires differently. I might have done something wrong. 
So then when you steer it, it just steers it completely out of control. It's almost as if you have to have a steering wheel to play this game. And that's just that's just bad business. This game, the first game sucked. The second game should have been better. And it's not. It looks better, but it's just simply not better. It is awful. Stay away from it as quickly as possible. They released it on both the PlayStation and on the Xbox. If you get it in PlayStation now or you get it in uh, Games Gold or uh, the cloud service on Xbox, play it then. But holy shit snacks. It is freaking bad, man. All right. That's enough of that. Let's get into the for what it's worth while I can still, you know, keep the shit together. All right, let's turn it down a little bit, and let's just say that at my job especially, and your job too most likely, there is something going on, and I really can't explain it. And I don't want to sit there and say I'm curmudgeon, or I'm old, or gen- my generation doesn't get it, because we're not fucking boomers, and I fucking hate when I get called a boomer. It really, really pisses me off a lot. It's such a shame you can't see what finger I'm holding up. It's Generation X, I think, is the greatest generation for, for so many reasons. We're the last to actually enjoy being outside and playing. Um, we pretty much ushered in the internet and gaming. It's just, it's just a great generation, one of the great generations. But if you're that age, then you're looking at your job or your place of business or places you go to frequently... And you're wondering where the hell all the workers are. We hear on the news about how nobody wants to work and how uh, it's hard to get jobs. Uh, not hard to get jobs, but <laughs> excuse me, people are looking for work all the time. And I simply see it. I see it at my own job. It's the strangest thing. There's nobody applying for these jobs. I mean, we've put in like six or seven job, jobs out there and like three people apply. It, where are all these people going? Where, where are all these people that need jobs or want jobs or had jobs before the pandemic? Where the hell are they? The stimulus packages are done. They, they can't possibly be still collecting. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. So what the hell are they doing? I don't know. I know it's a, a definite problem. I mean, it's a problem everywhere. <sighs> to, my, to my best understanding, well... From my research, and again, talking to my kids who are of age, and uh, one of them is in between a job, one of them literally wants to do what they're doing, which is awesome. I think it's safe to say, as Generation X and as BGFG, and you can send me emails, links from the show notes, uh, or on the website BGFG Online, or you can follow us on Buzzsprout's a good place to go to get the podcast. I think delivery and chauffeur drivers are the next big thing. So I think that if I was to lose my job tomorrow for downsizing or whatever it may be, I honestly don't think I'm going to get another job. I honestly think that I'm going to take my vehicle, I'm going to uh, do a few things to it. It's an SUV. I'm going to do a few things to it and literally do this for a living because it's not too bad. My daughter, one of my kids, for instance, does this part-time, just extra. They signed up for it and they just do it extra. There's no rhyme or reason why they have to. So I'm wondering if this is where the kids have gone. DoorDash, uh, Grubhub, Uber, Lyft, and I'm sure there's countless others in your area. I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant because you make your own schedule. My daughter can come home and she's like, Dad, I got a lot of energy tonight. I'm going to go driving. Okay, have fun, be safe. She's like, no, 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 I mean, I'm going to go. I'm going to go driving. Okay. And she makes pretty good money. She makes pretty good tips. I also found out, and just note to self on this one, that if you order like an Uber Eats or food deliveries places, especially, if you give a good tip, my wife and I are very big tippers because we appreciate the fact that rain, sleet, snow, you're picking up my food and you're bringing it to me and my lazy ass doesn't have to go anywhere. And I can pretty much order from any place that I would want to go. It's really, really convenient and nice. My wife can order food on my way home if I'm working late at night. Uh, by the time I get home, it's there. It's hot. She didn't have to cook. She's enjoying the meal as well. So it's really cool. And if you tip better, people will fight to get you. So what happens is you log in, 
and you pick your you pick your area, I believe it is. She said, and you essentially pick a, a, a fair, regardless of what it is. Now it can be abused. My wife has abused it numerous times. She wanted to. Uh, we gave my cousin an air conditioner uh, that we had extra, and uh, she literally didn't want to drag it around. So she brought it down the stairs to the front porch. She put it on the front porch, and then she called Uber, told them ahead of time that, hey, I'm going to have you deliver not a person, but an air conditioner. This was like two, three years ago. And they were like, yeah, sure, whatever, as long as you're paying. She's like, not only am I going to pay, I'm going to double your tip. And she did. And the dude was like, whatever. So he literally put the air conditioner in the back of his car, drove to my cousin's house, you know, uh, half an hour away maybe. And dropped it off at their house. That's awesome. That's freaking awesome. That's a win-win right there. You know? Uh, so since then, we've used that for all sorts of shit. From picking up deliveries to dropping off stuff at other people's homes. You know, boxes of stuff for whatever reason it is. Baby clothing, clothing, whatever it is. Um, it's, it's really cool. And we use it often. We use it definitely every Friday night. And it's even to the point now... Where on a Friday night, we have Friday night date night, and we do uh, on occasions invite friends over because we don't have any kids that night. We make sure all the kids are gone. Uh, and we have, <laughs> and we just sit there, we order food. Now, the idea of everybody getting pissy and being like, oh, I don't feel like pizza tonight, or oh, I hate that restaurant, doesn't matter. Just order whatever the fuck you want and have it delivered doesn't matter. We sometimes order from like three or four different places in that night. All at the same time, and they all get delivered. We've had multiple ones come up at the same time, and we've heard them on our doorbell camera go, dude, what are you here for? Uh, second floor. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so it's it's definitely worthwhile, and I, and I think it's worth the money. I really do. I don't mind if I'm stopping on the way home from work and picking up the food. That's cool. But you don't want to make seven, uh, three stops or four stops, do you? No. You can get DoorDash to do that for you, though, which is really, really cool. Not the same driver, usually, but it depends on how much you tip, really. But for the most part, you can order from four different places and have everything delivered by the time the movie starts or the pay-per-view starts or uh, the boxing match starts or the sports event starts. Whatever. You can have it there. It is pretty damn cool. And to add to DoorDash a little bit more, I just read recently <laughs> that DoorDash will now deliver alcohol. <laughs> oh, that's just great. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. So I'm going to have all sorts of DoorDash coming to my house bringing me alcohol, which I think is awesome. It's available in 20 states, and in some cases you may be able to order food with your liquor. Or liquor with your food. So you can order, if a restaurant serves up liquor or beer, let's say, I'm thinking this is for like a, a Hooters or a uh, Buffalo Wild Wings or something like that, where you can actually order uh, your Buffalo Wild Wings and then like uh, two beers two or a six-pack of beer maybe in some locations. I think this is a great opportunity. And again, this goes right along to what Freeman and I have been saying for a long time, and it's that... These retail businesses, especially because of the pandemic, but more because of Amazon, all these retail businesses are going to become warehouses, just delivery warehouses. You can go in there and look at a couple of things, but for the most part, they're going to be delivery warehouses. Think of it like a BJ's Wholesale Club, Sam's Club, um, any one of these big box stores where it's a huge store with racks and racks of shit. Imagine that's all condensed and all that shit's in the back and you just have the demo units out in front in like two or three aisles. Just randomly, who the f cares? That's furniture over there. That's electronics over there. That's clothing over there. That's food on that section. And you can look at what it was. Oh, I want this. And click a button, literally, and have a case of it come up because that's the smallest you could buy. So I, I predict this is going to be something that's going to happen. And the fact that you can take a restaurant and not even have the overhead of having people come into the place. Uh, we order from a Mexican restaurant locally every once in a while. We've been there personally, and they have like two or three small tables. Like you can't fit more than like six or eight people in there. But 
They do tremendous takeout service. That's all they're doing all night, every night. They live down the street from a college in their taco place, and they serve to the next two communities. So they do quite all right. They usually have about three drivers on every night. They do really well. But the inside of the business only seats about eight, six to eight people. That's actually not too bad. You're keeping your low overhead. So I think it's really cool that DoorDash does that. And, hey, if you're getting out of a job or you're looking at a job like I kind of am right now where you're just like, you know what, I'm, I'm done with all this happy bullshit and this re-evaluation and restructure and these 20-somethings that when they do come to work, they just simply don't want to fucking work. I actually had to take a course on their feelings. I had to take a course on how to talk to them. Instead of telling them they have a bad job, I can't even say that shit anymore. I get to talk to them about their feelings. Uh, what is it, Bob, that I'm doing that's creating this conflict in us that you can't fill that bag correctly? I can't just go, Bob, you're not filling the fucking bag correctly, man. Can you step up your game? Man, I'm tol- I told you like three times already, man. You got to do that. I'm sorry, but you got to do that. I got to write you up. You can't do that shit anymore. And it's awful. So if you're getting sick of that shit, I'm telling you, this DoorDash delivery chauffeur systems, if you have a larger car or you can afford to buy a larger car, I'm pretty confident you can make enough money in a standard work week because we like to work. We work. That's what we do. My generation. Uh, If you want to work a a 32 to 40 hour work week, you can probably make that car payment and then some. I'm pretty confident. So, you know, think about it. It's it's not a bad idea. It really isn't. I'm considering it. <laughs> All right. That's it for this week. Tense Down show's over. And just to let you know, uh, if I haven't said it already, I'm super excited because Freemo is going to be back. Either next week or the week after, Freemo will be back. And this show is going to take on a whole nother feeling yet again. And I'm so glad I don't have to do this shit by myself anymore. Uh it's going to be great. All right, that's it for this week. Test out, show's over. So you can find more of this garbage at bgfgonline.com. You can also send us an email with your questions or suggestions at bgfgshow at gmail.com. Find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Podcast, Castro, CastBox, Podchaser, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.